1: Find us on Twitter at SuperFlexShow and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, SuperFlex, on the SuperFlex Super Show.
0: listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season.
1: Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host Dan Myler with Ryan McDowell this week. Ryan, it is a it's gonna be a priceless episode
0: this week. Mm, yeah, it always is.
1: It always is <laughs> just <laughs> anytime Matt is on hiatus, it uh, it becomes one of them them uh, episodes for the ages. One of the best that we do, I guess. Uh, uh, Matt Price is away for the week, so it's just Ryan and myself. Uh, Ryan, how's uh, how's week nine treating you?
0: It was a it was a good week of football. Um, lo- lots of big performances. It was good to get. Uh, it was good to get Christian McCaffrey back in lineups. Mm. I I had been missing him. I know uh, many. Many fantasy players out there had been, at least one in every league, and uh, <laughs> it, it was good to get him back on the field, and he picked up right where he left off. Uh, you know, there, were, there was pregame talk of um, a, a split with Mike Davis, and yeah, we talked about it last week. That, that just was not going to happen.
1: Yeah, they they said Mike Davis is going to get on the field and and he did for a handful of snaps. He even touched the ball a couple times. After McCaffrey makes those big plays and gets tackled hard, he needs to go off the field for a play or two to catch his breath, you know. So Mike Davis got a got a couple of play uh plays on the field. He's not going to get much playing time in dynasty starting lineups though as long as CMC is on the field. But let's get into these games, Ryan. As we always do, we're going to talk about the most important thing from a dynasty perspective in each one of the games that have happened thus far in week nine. And once again, we'll start with the Thursday night game. It was the Packers and the 49ers. And man, the NFL did not do the San Francisco 49ers many favors. They pretty much took their receiving core and said, okay, let's tie their hands behind their back with that one. And uh they had to play a game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and and the Packers doubled them up thirty-four to seventeen. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant, three hundred and five yards and four touchdowns. Devontae once again ten for one seventy-three and a score. Man, it was uh it was an off offensive fireworks for the Packers, and you know, Ryan, with this team, they really only have a couple weapons. It's Devontae Adams, it's Aaron Jones, and it doesn't seem to matter. They get theirs every week.
0: Yeah, they absolutely do. I think they will continue to do that every week as well. And, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit. And and I think even beyond the the play on the field, the, the COVID impact is maybe the top story of this game because, of course, the 49ers were already playing without Jimmy Garoppolo, without Raheem Mostert, uh, without Debo Samuel. They're, they're top players, top starters at each of those spots. Uh, and And George Kittle as well. And then, and then the COVID test, what ended up being a false positive for Kendrick Bourne takes out uh, a couple other receivers, Bourne, Brandon Ayuk. And this, this was a game that they could have moved to Sunday or to, uh, to to Monday or Tuesday, which is what they've done earlier. And even in the season, and it just seems like with everything COVID related, the NFL is just becoming a little more stubborn they're playing the games. They don't, I don't want to say they don't care who's on the field, but uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure we'll see many more games moved because of COVID. They're just going to have to go with, with what they've got. Yeah, and us as dynasty managers, we kind of got to get used to it,
1: right? We got to learn to roll with the punches or at least continue to roll with the punches and play with what they give us. Richie James went out, the, really the only last guy, uh, available outside of Trent Taylor, who disappointed those of us who who rolled him out there, thinking maybe we could catch lightning in a bottle. It all went to Richie James, nine catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown. I think the lesson here is that we all need to look closely at the options that are available and try to decode things to figure out who's going to touch the ball. Yeah,
0: you you need to know the depth charts better than ever. And speaking of that, I I know you wanted to talk about. A depth, a, a deep player on the Packers. At least he feels like a deep player. We haven't seen him in a while, and this was actually the same point I wanted to make, Dan. It seems like you and I share a brain on these things a lot of times, and, and that's that's the case this time as well. Alan Lazard, we haven't seen him since uh, since week three, but if you look at the if you look at the top wide receivers this year and you sort by points per game, Alan Lazard is the wide receiver thirteen. He's averaging 17.5 points a game. Uh, I believe at least one of those games came without Devontae Adams, just, just for the record. But n- nobody, you, you said it at the at the beginning, it's Devontae Adams and nobody else in the passing game. MVS did have finally a, a, a nice game uh, last Thursday, but he really only had two catches. It wasn't like he was being peppered with targets. And another horrible drop. yeah, yeah, it could have been could have been even bigger, certainly. So, with Lazard out of the lineup the past month or so, nobody has has stepped up and taken advantage. I think he's going to be back soon. Uh, you You as a Packers fan probably know a little bit better on that specifically than I do, but we can expect him back soon and he's going to slot right in as the wide receiver two on that team. And I think he can slot right in as, as a wide receiver three or a flex option in fantasy lineups.
1: Yeah. I think that's a perfect representation of his current value. You mentioned that we expect him back soon. Uh, He actually traveled to San Francisco. The expectation was that Lazard would play on Thursday night he, they As everybody knows with the injuries to Aaron Jones and the injury to Devontae Adams, that Packers medical staff, it, they, they're not very aggressive with these comebacks. And, and they don't push guys along all that fast. They want to be conservative. It seems like that's what they did with Lazard once again. Maybe they saw the depth chart for San Francisco, that offense, and thought, I think we can get through this week and get Alan Lazard another 10 days before he plays in an NFL game. You mentioned some Lazard stats. 13 catches for 254 yards and two touchdowns on 17 targets in those three games before the injury. He should be fully healed. Recent trades, Ryan for Alan Lazard in the trade tool Lazard straight up for Jarek McKinnon Lazard for Keyshawn Vaughn Lazard for Dalton Schultz. This seems like he's a fringe second to third round player that if you can get him for anything less than a second round pick, that seems like a slam dunk. You got to do it, right?
0: I agree. Uh, You might you might pause a little bit at that Keyshawn Vaughn deal if you still have some hope for him, or if you. um, Hey, hey! We said it was priceless this episode. We're not just going to mention the great deals that (laughs) Lazard went for. We got we got to show everything, the whole realm, right? That's right. That's right. So uh, that that one. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. That one would be close for me, but McKinnon or Dalton Schultz easily would give those guys easily would give a third rounder, um, assuming I'm contending. And and need that depth and, and maybe even that hole plugged at wide receiver.
1: It's right in there, right around that second to third round range. If you can give a give a second and get Lazard in a third, maybe that's the type of type of range you're talking about. Um, but Alan Lazard is kind of a sneaky ad right now and a guy that, as Ryan said, could be a flex play down the stretch for your dynasty roster. Let's move on to the Sunday games, Ryan, and we'll start with Denver and Atlanta. The Falcons got the win. They held on at the end, 34 to 27. Matt Ryan threw three touchdown passes. Julio and Todd Gurley had a touchdown each, so they came through for all of us. And then Olamide Zacchaeus, uh man, he... He came up big with Calvin Ridley on the sideline, four for 103 and a touchdown. It felt like all of that came in the first quarter. The real headlines here, Ryan, seem to come from the other side of the field, though, on the Broncos sideline, where where there was some disappointment and then there was a, a really kind of a breakout for, for a specific receiver for the
0: Broncos. Yeah, I think we're finally seeing Jerry Judy step up as the Broncos wide receiver one. I think that was just last week that I talked about Uh, I talked about Judy, compared him to Cortland Sutton, who had that chance to become uh, the Broncos wide receiver one as a rookie, Uh, really very similar situation because of injuries. Sutton failed to do it. Uh, I think we're starting to see Jerry do that. He's uh, Jerry Judy do that. He's got 24 targets the past two weeks, uh, easily leading the team. And even though Tim Patrick was back on the field uh, this week who had, basically been serving as, as the top target for Drew Locke. Um, he, he was further down the pecking order. So it's good to see Judy uh, really become the top option in Denver. I, I don't want to take away too much when it comes to that passing offense, especially when it comes to Locke, because it's it's just tough to judge against the Falcons' defense. But um, the, the targets don't lie. The, the, the involvement in that way does not lie. And, and Judy is Judy's the, the man there now.
1: Yeah, he certainly is. He's looked really good again. Going back to that trade tool for Judy, we're talking value here, Ryan. And I'm wondering what kind, what, what it's going to take to get Jerry Judy on your team, especially after this big game. Uh, does does a mid to late first even do it anymore? It's probably going to cost more than that to get Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely been trending up the past two weeks, and uh, he is he is getting back to basically his preseason price, where he was being valued as the top twenty five dynasty wide receiver. And we can look at some of these deals, but I think whatever these are, the the price is going to go up.
1: Yeah. I, I made some notes of deals that happened last week and really all of them. I don't think you could get done this week. Like Judy for Kenyon Drake and Hollywood Brown. That's probably not happening. Judy for Preston Williams in a second or Judy for Julian Edelman in a second. That one was really goofy. Jerry Judy for Big Ben in a super flex. Maybe that's about that could happen still, I guess. Uh, The price tag seems to be questionable. Speaking of price, there are a couple running backs in in Denver as well that seem to be going down. Gordon and Lindsey did not look good in that Denver backfield on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have to know that anytime you have this type of backfield split, for the most part, these guys are going to cancel each other out. and, And that's what's happening. But They've really been disappointing all season long. Uh, Melvin Gordon did have a, an RB3 game back in week four. He scored a couple of touchdowns and Philip Lindsay was out that week. Uh, but other than that, these both Gordon and Lindsay have been outside of the top 10 running backs every single week. Uh, Gordon's running back 21 on the season. Lindsay's running back 58. Of course he missed several games. So, uh, further down because of that, but, uh, even combined, they're averaging just 22 fantasy points a game. And uh, most games are not going to be like this one where the, the Broncos are going to score 27 points. This is uh, a pretty slow paced, low scoring offense overall, uh, either, either by design or because, <laughs> because of their limitations at quarterback. And I don't even know really if Gordon or Lindsay carry much trade value. They probably don't at this point. They just both feel like roster cloggers to me. Yeah, it really seems that way. And unless one of them move aside, uh,
1: one guy really takes over that backfield or a guy, one of them is injured. It feels like they're just going to keep digging into one another. Lindsay Honestly, looks a little better when he gets his yeah. opportunities, though. So, really, Gordon being there has hurt hurt Philip Lindsay's value both in the short and the long term. A uh, couple other notes from this game: Drew Locke looked good for the second consecutive week. Or. for one and a half games, I guess. Uh, Locke went 313 yards and two touchdowns, also had a rushing score and 47 yards on the ground. And then K.J. Hamler, the other rookie wide receiver for the Broncos, he got a little bit of an opportunity again on Sunday. K.J. Hamler had six grabs for 75 yards. He's a sneaky ad, a guy to keep in the back of your mind, a speed threat, guy that can get down the field and, and could make some noise down the road in his career. Let's go to Seattle and Buffalo, Ryan. The Bills, they... Took care of business, one forty-four to thirty-four. Josh Allen was the story of the game, four hundred and fifteen yards, three scores through the air, and a rushing touchdown. Allen was magnificent once again. Looked like that uh, that guy from the first month of the season, where he was talked about along with Russell Wilson as one of the guys that could be the MVP of the league. Wilson, of course, three hundred ninety yards and two t- two touchdown passes, a rushing score of his own, but did turn the ball over a few times and hurt the Seahawks overall. Overall, what did you what did you think of this game, Ryan? Is there something that jumped out to you as you watched it?
0: It actually feels really similar to the conversation we just had with the with the Denver Broncos because this this Bills rushing attack has has been frustrating. Singletary uh, Devin Singletary was a a player that many were viewing as as kind of a locked in uh, RB2 and that that really has become his upside. Uh, it, whether it's because of Zach Moss or, or the rushing uh, involvement of Josh Allen from time to time. Singletary is, is really just not getting it done. Uh, He's his best finish of the season was RB 15. Hasn't broken a hundred rushing yards on the season and his value has dipped. He's, he's a ninth rounder in our new uh, November dynasty ADP. And honestly, even that feels a little rich for him.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a, He's a head-scratcher for sure on Sunday. Two carries for one yard and three catches for 33. Zach Moss, on the other hand, had nine carries, just 18 yards, but got that goal line look, scored a touchdown, also caught two passes. It seems like Singletary's roll and it just changes from week to week. You're yeah. not quite sure. Seemed like the the game plan on Sunday for the Bills was to air it out, throw the ball a lot. They had the lead and they were not milking the clock at all. They kept it in Josh Allen's hand, let him do things. Uh, and when they were going to run, they just let Allen scramble. So I don't want to read too much into this game, but Singletary, his arrow has been pointing down for a month now, Ryan. What are you accepting? You're taking any second round pick,
0: obviously. What anything less than that to to move on from Singletary? I think you might have to package uh, something with him to get that second rounder. Uh, Singletary in the third for a second is something I'd be willing to do. Uh, Just just get him off your roster, really.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a clogger. That was a good way to put it. Other notes from the game. Stefan Diggs, nine for 118. John Brown, eight for 99. And then it was Gabriel Davis, four catches for 70 and a touchdown. That wide receiver depth chart, Ryan, is pretty clogged. Uh, Diggs, Brown, Cole Beasley, and then it's Gabriel Davis. He looks good for a rookie. He's a guy that should be stashed on the end of rosters as we wait for his opportunity.
0: Absolutely. If if he's still on your waiver wire, if you're in, in a shallower league, definitely a guy I would uh, I would try to get on the roster. Like you said, keep him at the end. It's not a player you can start, but unfortunately, John Brown has had injury issues throughout his career, and, and those have popped up again this year a couple of different times, and if and when John Brown is out, then then Davis becomes a lot more interesting.
1: Yeah, so if you stash some third-round picks, maybe it's not going to get it done this week after uh, Gabriel Davis scored the touchdown and had the nice game, but, but send that offer. He's a good guy to have. We don't want to go through a Seahawks game without mentioning Ryan's wide receiver one in dynasty DK Metcalf seven catches 108 yards and a nice touchdown catch. How about the Ravens and the Colts Ravens win by two touchdowns, 24 to 10. It was a pretty, it was a defensive game. There wasn't a lot to really take away offensively. Lamar struggled through the air again, 170 passing yards, but went 58 in a rushing score to save dynasty managers days outside of that, a lot of
0: disappointment. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this has been a bummer of a show so far. I'm pointing out all the all the negative plays from and players from each game, but um, that that's really what is standing out. And Lamar Jackson would be included in that, but as a result of his uh, disappointing play, really the entire season. Marquise Brown and and Mark Andrews, uh, a couple a couple more clunkers for them. Uh, three and thirty eight for Hollywood. Three and twenty two for Andrews. Uh, Marquise Brown only has one game this year inside the top 25 uh, fantasy wide receivers. Andrew, for Andrews, this is his, his third straight game as the tight end 20 or worse. Third straight game uh, with three catches or fewer, 30, 32 yards or fewer. So we really need for Lamar to, to get back into 2019 form. And uh, that's, that's certainly easier said than done. It looks so forced watching yeah. that
1: Ravens offense. He he's out of the pocket quickly, looking to run immediately, taking big hits. And I know a lot of those things happened last year, but it feels it doesn't feel natural when you watch it this year. It feels like they're they're trying to grab that magic from a year ago, and Lamar just hasn't been able to do it. Marquise Brown, man, he it he complained this week. Usually that guy gets his opportunities, then right away in the game he drops a pass. Yeah. And, you know, just, just another disappointment on that Ravens offense for dynasty managers. You mentioned Andrew Statline. line. Nick Boyle caught four passes for 46 yards. That'll make Andrew's uh, managers real happy. On the other side of things, Jonathan Taylor, six for 27 and a touchdown early in the game, but then lost a fumble, didn't get many opportunities after that. Michael Pittman, maybe he's the bright spot. Four catches for 56 and led the team in targets with seven. I'm
0: still just thinking about this Ravens offense on Lamar. You're not the only one. right? Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's depressing. Is Lamar still quarterback two for you in dynasty? Are you putting Kyler ahead of him or are you moving him down even further than that? He there's,
1: you know, there's really a list of three or four guys that you, you could have the conversation about for sure. For me, it's, it's gotta be, it's got to be just Kyler that jumps in front of him. I still love the upside and the floor that, you know, Lamar, he had a horrible game, did not play well against a good defense with the Colts, 170 yards passing, but he still has that floor because of the rushing yardage and had that rushing touchdown to kind of save his day. He'll be like a fringe or quarterback one this week, close, maybe, Um, top 15, top 16 guy, but So we're still holding out And his schedule. You've heard a lot of fantasy analysts talk about this. His schedule down the stretch is money. It looks so good. He could come out of nowhere and save people seasons uh, down the stretch. Hey guys, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet and they are giving you free money and free Dynasty Football content with your initial deposit. Open a new account with a minimum of $10 deposit to Monkey Knife Fight and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This is good for all of you that already are DLF members. They'll extend your membership by a whole year just for signing up in Monkey Knife Fight and putting that $10 in. They're also going to double... Your initial deposit up to a maximum of $50. So put 10 in, get 20, put 50 in, get 100 to play with. Uh, they feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, eSports, prop bets, and so much more. You're going to find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. I've talked about it a lot recently. I've been playing a lot over at Monkey Knife Fight and I have so much fun. It turns a. Well, uh maybe one of them games that aren't that exciting, maybe Monday night football this week, Patriots and Jets, throw throw a few bucks down on a couple of players, uh try to triple your money and and man, it 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 makes a it make, can make a boring night uh a lot more fun as you watch those stats go off on monkeynightfight.com. Uh, check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match and free DLF premium membership only at monkeyknifefight.com. Houston and the Jaguars, they battled on Sunday. Texans win 27-25. to 25. Deshaun Watson doing his thing, 281 and two passing touchdowns. Also had 50 rushing yards, Ryan. He was the show in Jacksonville.
0: He really was, and it, it certainly has felt a lot better watching him lately um, and I got to thinking that I feel like that's probably coincided with the moves that the Texans made uh, a few weeks ago in in firing Bill O'Brien. So I had to to go do the math. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the first four games of the season, was averaging 21.9 fantasy points. uh, That included 17 total carries for 58 rushing yards. So that was the first four games. He's had four games since uh, Bob was fired. Thirty fantasy points, so from twenty-one point nine up to thirty per game, and his rushing has seen a big increase. Only six more carries, so from seventeen up to twenty-three, but his rushing yardage big increase from fifty-eight up to one thirty-nine. He's the quarterback five the past month. He was the quarterback thirteen uh, the first month of the season with Bill O'Brien still uh, on the sideline, and it, I mean there was there was talk. I know I know by me and and plenty of others that. Uh, that Watson was not a top tier quarterback anymore. That he was not. Maybe we shouldn't look at him in top five as a top five dynasty quarterback. Maybe Josh Allen had had passed him by, and and that narrative is quickly changing.
1: He's one of those guys that I'm sure you were talking about with Lamar. Has he has he jumped up over Lamar Jackson when it comes to overall dynasty value for you as a dynasty manager, Ryan?
0: I'm not there. I agree with you that I, still have, I would still have Jackson as my quarterback three, uh, but, but Watson is, is certainly knocking on the door, definitely in the same tier. I think both of the rookies, Burrow and, and Justin Herbert, would be in that same tier as well.
1: The other side of the field, uh, there were a lot of jokes this past week about being Luton-free. Jake Luton took over for that Jacksonville offense, came out just guns ablazing, blazin through that long touchdown early on to DJ Chark, who went 7 for 146 in a touchdown. Luton went over 300 yards through the touchdown, had a rushing score, pretty sweet spin move for a big guy that's 6'6". Is there any value
0: there, Ryan? Uh, a little bit. I mean, the Jaguars were smart in in picking this game to – uh, to trot out Luton in, in his first game against uh, against a Texans defense that leaves a lot to be desired. That that was a good move. Um, I, I don't know that he's going. He's. I don't think we can count on him for three hundred and and a rushing touchdown every week. But uh, yeah, it was it was impressive. And uh, if you're if you were counting on or hoping Gardner Minshew would get his job back um, after one week, that's not looking so great.
1: It's not looking good. Uh, those that did look good, I mentioned Chart. James Robinson also came through 25 for 99 in a touchdown. Then Will Fuller, another big game. Five catches, 100 yards, and a score for Fuller. The Chiefs, they beat the Panthers 33 and th- to 31 in a good game. It was fun to watch. Patrick Mahomes, 372 and four touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had a Tyreek type game, nine catches, 113 yards, and two scores. That route he put on in the end zone was sweet, that comeback. Mm-hmm. They had no idea where he was uh, for the touchdown on the right side. Uh, what are we taking away from this game? Teddy Bridgewater, he had a nice game. 3 two touchdowns, had the rushing score. Christian McCaffrey, we mentioned him in the opening. He came back, scored twice, caught 10 passes, went over 140 yards, uh, over or 150 yards overall. Um, but maybe another guy that was disappointing, right? DJ Moore?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my, uh, <laughs> my, my sad theme of the show. DJ Moore... Uh, another, yeah, another, another disappointing game, two catches, 18 yards, just three targets. He was the uh, wide receiver. Uh, he's he's way down the list wide receiver 71 right now. And that's still with a couple games to be played uh, this week. So uh, again, I, I wanted to look back and see what impact maybe Christian McCaffrey had on DJ Moore. They've, they have played three games together. Now week one, uh, DJ Moore caught four balls for 54 yards. He was the wide receiver 49 week two, a really strong game, eight catches, 120 yards. He was a top 10 wide receiver this week or that week. And then the two for 18 and uh, outside of the top 70 fantasy wide receivers this week. So uh, maybe that just is a coincidence. Uh, and that when you have more and Anderson and McCaffrey and, um, and Curtis Samuel as well, that, not all of those players are, are going to have big games uh, every single week. Um, but it, I think there's a little cause for concern there, possibly.
1: Yeah, he's just not racking up the targets. He's not getting the looks. Doesn't seem to be... Uh, in in sync really with Teddy Bridgewater, we look look across the rest of the box score and you watch the games and you see Curtis Samuel getting nine targets and Robbie Anderson getting thirteen. Both of them had nine catches and were making big plays really. And then DJ Moore, you're just waiting for twelve to flash, and it's it's simply not happening. Speaking of guys who flashed, Travis Kelsey ten for one fifty nine. Uh, he came through big time uh last thing in this game we talk about Clyde regularly but Clyde Edwards-Alaire just five carries again for 14 yards caught three for 20 and luckily had the receiving score to save his day are you buying Clyde that values
0: it's it's moving down quickly Ryan it absolutely is I um, I, I would still be about, I'm scared. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty scared. Yeah. Yeah. It, it always comes down to price, but, I, uh, Edward Solaire is still a guy I would want to have on, on my dynasty team. Um, if you can find somebody scared enough, then, you know, I'd, I'd pay one first for him still for, for sure. Uh, but not, not so long ago, he was worth two or three first rounders.
1: Yeah. um, Just going in the tank right now and hopefully he comes out of it. It doesn't seem like it's a priority to get Clyde the ball or establish that running game with Clyde at this point. We've seen it in the past. A few weeks ago, he had the big game on the ground. Maybe there'll be games like that again. I guess guess they need the weather. I don't know what they need, but it's not working right now for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The Lions and the Vikings, they played in Minnesota this week, and the Vikings came out on top 34 to 20. Delvin Cook once again put on a show, 22 carries for 206 and two scores, also had 46 receiving yards, Ryan, and he's just – He's really the whole offense. You can look over things. Kirk Cousins did throw the three touchdowns. Irv Smith caught two of them, so that was great, but he only caught the two passes. When it comes to this offense, Jefferson's had his moments. Thielen's obviously been good, especially early in the season, but this is Delvin Cook's team.
0: Yeah, I think we kind of forgot that um, while he was banged up there over the past uh, month or so. uh, We saw Thielen, we saw Jefferson both have really big games, from week to week. And, uh, now that, now that cook's back, he is certainly, like you said, he, he is this offense and they've got a couple talented wide receivers. Smith is, is coming on, but if they're playing the way they want to, it's going to be Dalvin cook with, with 25 to 30 touches. And, uh, he's given us 200 plus yards in each of the past two weeks. And it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to go away from that.
1: And recency bias is going to point to Dalvin cook being one of them top tier type dynasty assets is, is it time to start thinking about selling cook? He's obviously a multi first round type of guy. He's going to cost a lot uh, or he's going to fetch a lot, I guess on the open
0: market. Should we be thinking about it right now? Yeah. I, th- I think you always have to think about it with, with uh, the running back landscape, but I guess my question would be: Is who are who are you selling him for? Uh, for a long time, really, the past nine months, we've had we've had Taylor and Clyde as as targets. You know, trade trade one of trade Kamara, trade uh, McCaffrey, trade Cook, and, and drop down to those guys and get something on top. And and that's at that point, at this point, that's just no longer a, a reasonable idea. So, um, are you trade? Trading him just for picks, I I don't like to do that with with the high end um, stud players, regardless of the position. So unless you're unless you're pivoting to wide receiver, I, I think it's kind of tough to trade him right now.
1: Yeah, and and even with wide receivers, you're talking about some of the some of the elite young guys. Maybe not those guys in the top five overall, but. At the at the position, but those guys that are up and coming, some of the rookies that we've talked about, plus something, uh, it's. It's it's gonna take a lot to move Dalvin Cook right now. Most likely you just wanna plug him into your lineup every week and, and take the 30, thirty, forty, in some leagues fifty <laughs> fantasy points that he's posted in back to back weeks. Yeah. The Titans beat the Bears twenty-four to seventeen on Sunday. It was not that close a game. It ended by <laughs> with only a one touchdown. Uh, disparity between the Titans and Bears. A.J. Brown, four catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Man, he's good. He's so good. That throw from Tannehill was sick, too. Laid it right in the basket for the score. But other parts of this game, Tannehill only had 10 completions in the game. Derrick Henry, 21 carries, but just 68 yards. He seems to do that once or twice every year where he gets all the carries, doesn't get any catches, obviously, and, and only averages 3.5 yards a carry without a score. is disappointing, but he'll be back. Uh, what, what really jumped out to you in this ballgame, Ryan?
0: Well, as much as the Bears' offense stinks, we know their defense, especially their pass defense, is still among the best in the league. So, uh, seeing Tannehill with uh, with with pretty meager numbers, seeing Corey Davis with no catches at all, he had um, really seemed to be coming on, especially that huge game last week. So, uh, those were disappointing, but really shouldn't be surprising. Um, and and kind of the same thing with Derrick Henry. The, the Bears have giving it up to running backs a little bit more, but this, yeah, you're right. This was just kind of a weird, uh, weird game flow of this one. And really none of the Titans got much going except for AJ Brown, who just finds a way to, uh, to make a big play every single game. And,
1: yeah, Janu Smith scored a touchdown, so that was the first in about a month or so. Yeah. That was a nice thing to see. Corey Davis though zero catches, and you know it seemed like it was a hot topic over the last week or so. How consistent Corey Davis has mm-hmm. been over eleven fantasy points in every game so far this year. Every show I listened to talked about it. Every podcast listed that as a stat. Uh, stat of the week. And then he comes out and lays the goose this week. Um, just zero catches. So disappointed. <laughs> so many dynasty managers finally came around probably this week. Put him in their lineups. Here we go. Corey Davis and lay down a dud. It, I know it was the Bears, but yuck.
0: It was you, Ryan. You did I, it. I started him in two leagues and, and took the Ouch. zero. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's painful for sure. On the Bears side, it wasn't much better. Yeah, Foles threw for 335 and two garbage time touchdowns. But Allen Robinson, he came up with his late in the game, so he, he kind of saved his day on that last drive or two. But, man, outside of Robinson, there's there's just nothing in, in Chicago for us to count on. No, just uh, – If you've been looking for a new challenge, it's time to start playing over at DynastyOwner.com. Those guys over there unite the fun and excitement – of fantasy football with the skill and the strategy of the front office, and it is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries. By adding the strategy of running an NFL fran- franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to dynastyownercom DLF for more information on this unique, thrilling fantasy football experience. Hey, if you're looking for that new challenge, Dynasty Owner gives you just that. They favor those skilled players that that can manage their roster using real NFL salaries and within a salary cap. It's an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. The Giants and the Washington football team. It was a close game. It was it was competitive for sure. Ryan, twenty three to twenty, the Giants come out on top. There were some highlights. Evan Ingram had a nice touchdown catch. He went five for forty eight in the score. Terry McLaurin seven for one fifteen and one. But there was an ugly injury too, and I'm wondering how that's going to affect these playmakers, the couple that we've been counting on in Washington.
0: Yeah, we saw Kyle Allen, the Washington quarterback. uh, suffer an ankle injury looked looked really bad at first um maybe maybe not quite as severe as, as uh what we saw from Dak Prescott earlier in the season but still appears to be season ending for Kyle Allen uh and Alex Smith is is the next man up and uh not that not that Kyle Allen is anything close to Patrick Mahomes but I think the drop to Alex Smith can change this offense um the the way we saw it change it on Sunday was uh, a lot, uh, a lot shorter targets, shorter passes. J.D. McKissick, the the uh, Washington running back, gets 14 targets, uh, just the second running back this this season to, to uh, see that many targets in a game. Uh, he also this it, this is not new. This has been a trend over the past uh, two or three games. He continues to see more snaps than Antonio Gibson, but today it was uh, by a wide margin. 45 snaps for McKissick. Just twenty five for Gibson, even though he had a pretty solid day as well. I think he he found the end zone. Um, so a, again, if McKissick is out there on your waiver wire, maybe a guy to look for.
1: Yeah, and p- potentially maybe even play, especially if it's Alex Smith under center, which is probably the expectation as of Sunday night. I'm wondering how this affects Terry McLaurin, Ryan. He had the big game, seven for one fifteen, in the score. Those downfield targets may not happen with Alex Smith under center. He's going to have to turn into the PPR guy that catches it underneath and has to run with the cat after the catch. This affects that offense big time. How do you see things playing out? McLaurin do do dynasty managers have to adjust our expectations on
0: on what we can, what we're going to see from him going forward. I don't think I will only because he's, he's really the only show in town. I mean, we, Sure. We've got Steven Sims coming back soon. I'm not even sure if he played on Sunday, actually, but he's he's due back soon or, or maybe even is already back. Um, Logan Thomas has been fine. We already talked about the running backs. But when it comes down to it, it's it's Terry McLaurin and, and really nobody else. So I think on volume alone, he'll be fine. On the New York side of things, we saw probably a lot of dynasty managers probably saw
1: a name that was new to them, Austin Mack, rookie wide receiver. He was filling in for Golden Tate, who, who said some unflattering things about the Giants football team over the week and was really suspended for the game, not not invited to play against the football team this week. Austin Mack caught four, ket, four balls for 72 yards, so a guy that people are going to be thinking about Picking up on the waiver wire, we'll see if that turns into anything moving forward. The Raiders barely outlasted the Chargers in a late game on Sunday, 31 to 26. It came down to really extra time as they had to they had to take a long look at that last play uh unfortunately for chargers fans it went incomplete Derek carr threw two touchdowns uh justin herbert was brilliant once again 326 and two scores keenan allen was so good nine catches for 103 and a touchdown and then there was a there was two big question marks really in the backfields of these two teams ryan first with the raiders josh jacobs 14 carries 65 yards and a touchdown but Devontae booker got eight carries for 68 yards and another score that's that's not what we want to see as as Josh Jacobs' managers. And then on the other side, that Chargers'
0: backfield,
1: really, Kalen Bellage, he gets 15 carries.
0: Yeah, it was it was frustrating. I know a lot of people. I know uh, I know a lot of DFS players were relying on Justin Jackson this week. Uh, I guess the story is he got hurt in the pregame uh, in pregame warmups. I don't think he played a single snap. I know he didn't touch the ball. And as you said, it was Kalen Bellage. Uh, first of all, that's, that's really bad news for Joshua Kelly. You would, uh, if a month ago, you told me that Austin Eckler and and Justin Jackson would both miss the game uh, or miss a game, then Joshua Kelly would have felt like a, like a must start. And even with those guys out, he, he couldn't get much going. So he was a player uh, just a few weeks ago that, that we were really chasing in dynasty. And uh, that's changed fairly quickly. Uh, but overall, I think this this just feels like a backfield to avoid until we do get Eckler back, and hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, it's it's just wait for Eckler. Absolutely, hopefully, hopefully he gets back. Like you said, sooner rather than later. And as long as Anthony Lynn and that coaching staff is running the show, and Eckler's not on the field, we we just can't trust anybody in that backfield. Um, let's talk about the the battle of the number one quarterbacks. The guys that wear number one on their chest. It was gosh, everybody was talking about that. <laughs> it was annoying. The Dolphins, they uh and Tua Tung- Tungavaloa, 31 34 points, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray just 31. The play calling at the end of the game, Ryan. I got to get on a soapbox a little bit. It was ridiculous. Both teams had opportunities really to ice the game, to win the game for sure. Kyler was driving down the field, and I think they had a second and one, it was, at about the 35-yard line. They handed off up the middle to Edmonds. And I think to myself, man, that was, obviously you get Kyler on the perimeter, give him the option of running or passing, make a play. He's made so many plays with his legs throughout, but you still get third down. Let's try it again. Then they run him on a sprint right and make him throw a difficult pass when... They, again, needed one yard. They missed the 49-yard field goal. Tua then gets the ball. Miami gets the ball. Same kind of situation. Uh, he has an opportunity. Just do it with your legs. And they they all of a sudden decide, after all these plays on on the ground with Tua and Kyler, that we don't want to put them in that kind of position. And it really cost the Cardinals and that coaching staff the game. If Kyler takes off and runs with it. I, I really think they win that game running away, and Tua never touches the ball again. Tua ices it at the end, 248 yards and two scores. Also had 35 on the ground. Kyler, 283 and 3. Also had a hundred yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Those two those two quarterbacks looked really good. It was nice to see out of Tua, especially Ryan, after pretty disappointing uh first game as an NFL
0: starter. Absolutely. Huge game for uh, for two of this week. And I mean, even last week, I know, I know dynasty players were very disappointed with that first game, but, uh, I mean, according to reports, the dolphins were too, there was actually a report over the past few days that, uh, the, the dolphins would consider moving on from him this off season, which, really just seems ridiculous and I roll yeah yeah <laughs> roll your <laughs> eyes everybody. absolutely so that uh, I, I don't think there's uh, don't, i don't think there's anything to that and um and if if there was then hopefully this game uh, changed changed some minds or something but yeah Tua Tua looked much much better uh, he did lose one of his top receivers preston williams out with a foot injury uh, we'll see how much time he uh, he misses he's been banged up a little bit this week or this year what the other thing that i took away was just stay away from that miami uh pass defense that they, yeah. they shut down uh deandre hopkins christian kirk did did break free for a couple of a uh, couple long plays but uh yeah don't don't play your wide receivers against miami
1: yeah kirk was five for 123 in the score but deandre hopkins was just just mauled all game long really just three catches for 30 yards Did create a couple of pass interference penalties down the field. Some were maybe questionable, especially uh, from Miami fans, but man he was he was blanketed throughout the entire game uh that's a good point. keep that in mind as your your wide receivers, even your studs, go up against that Miami secondary. The last game we have to talk about here, Ryan, is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys and I think everybody, including Cowboys fans most likely going into Sunday, were thinking to myself themselves. This is probably not going to be good. 7-0 Pittsburgh against 2-6 Dallas. That the Cowboys have scored like 20 points in the last three weeks. Really struggled. And Garrett Gilbert gets under center, 243 yards, and a passing touchdown. Also did some stuff with his legs, 28 yards on the ground. Kept him, really had a chance to win the game. They stuck in there throughout the entire game. But Big Ben, 306 and 3. Juju caught one of those touchdowns, had six for 93 through the air. James Conner was disappointing, nine for just 22 yards, lost two yards on his two catches. I don't know what the big takeaway from a dynasty perspective is here, Ryan, but I, I, I think there there at least was some signs of maybe usefulness from some of these Cowboys. And then Juju, he looked he looked pretty good out of the slot, six for 93 in the score.
0: Yeah, it was good to see uh, it was good to see all three of the Steelers wide receivers uh, really involved in the game. I I think that's the first time this season we've seen all three really perform uh, either due to health or 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 just disappointing performances, really. Uh, But uh, all three, uh, including Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, all had at least 14 fantasy points. In this game and kind of a, a similar story on the other side, both Amari Cooper and CD lamb, uh, posted respectable games as well. Uh, it, it seems crazy, but, uh, maybe Garrett Gilbert is, is the one to really save their, their fantasy seasons. I don't think he's going to save the Cowboys season. I don't think, I don't think we can look at that team as, as a potential playoff team, even in that division, uh, but cooper and zeke and and lamb were were players we were ready to give up on uh, just a week or two ago and and somehow gary gilbert has has changed the narrative there
1: yeah cooper 5 for 67 which which is a big game considering what he's coming from a week ago. And then CeeDee Lamb, four for 71, and that nice touchdown pass from Gilbert in the right side of the end zone. Uh, There's at least cause for optimism with these Dallas playmakers as we move forward. You mentioned that Steelers, uh, Steelers passing attack. Ben was nicked up in the game but did come back and threw the touchdowns late. Um, something to monitor throughout the week. Um, so that's the, those are the 12 games we need to talk about here, Ryan. Lately, we've been talking a lot about what, what dynasty owners should do moving forward. There's a lot of teams that are going to be four and five or teams that are five and four on the cusp of the playoffs, trying to decide what to do. And we always tell them, take a good hard look at that roster Get a good idea of exactly where you're at. Is there any advice that you'd give those teams this week as we inch closer to trade deadlines and inch closer to that that last opportunity to make a run at things or or back off for the season?
0: Yeah really just the <clears throat> really just the same as the past couple of weeks. Stay active. make sure you're the most active uh, manager in your league. The waiver wire, as we get deeper into the into the season, the waiver wire becomes less important and trade talks become more important. You hinted at the, the trade deadline. If your league has a trade deadline, it's probably taking place in the next couple of weeks. I know it is in my leagues. So send an email, send a DM to every single uh, player in your league. Get those trade talks going. That's a good point Ryan
1: the the better way than than hitting the old tray bait button and putting the guys on there is a personal email put the guy's name in there say these are the guys that are available I think they could help your run or I'm really looking for another piece to to make a run for myself I saw this guy's name on your roster is he available these are the players I I, I'm willing to talk about those kind of messages go a long way I tell you Ryan I spent a lot of time over the weekend especially on Saturday night negotiating trades working hard and while it was frustrating Saturday night didn't get anything done I woke up to a couple offers on Sunday morning. One of them worked out one away, right away. Another one worked out right before kickoff that landed me Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so it, it's really all about the work. That's good advice. Put the time in. Try. You, can, you can't get a trade done without asking for the trade. So, so work the phones, work the DMs, work those emails, and, and just try to try to improve your team, whether that be by trading away players for the future or, or playing trading away future for right now and going for that title, which we all like to do. That's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We appreciate all of you for listening. For Ryan, I'm Dan. Matt's away, but we'll be back soon. We'll catch you again next week.